the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth, Jr. So we're going to take some questions if you have them, and we're going to do our best to, to answer those today. And once again, don't forget, the Nonstop Mom podcast episode comes out this afternoon, so you're not going to want to miss it. If you ladies are not yet, um, she's with grandma, she said, if you guys are not, not yet subscribed to uh, the Nonstop Mom podcast or to my podcast, you can just search Nonstop Mom on on uh, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Anchor, Spotify, same for me or search my name and we put stuff out all the time to build your faith and ladies if you're not a part of the group yet nonstop mom on facebook you can search that find the page and there's a private group attached to the page where carolyn goes live and does all of her stuff inside i want to encourage you guys to join that group as well it's going to be good cody said he can't wait to listen to it (laughs) cody needs it okay he needs it love you cody What's the best app for podcast to listen to podcasts? Well, if you have an Apple phone, it uh, would be the Apple Podcast app. Yeah, depends what phone you have. If you're an Android person, you can use the Google Podcasts app. You can use Spotify. You could use Stitcher. You could use Anchor. So there's there's a bunch of good ones. But those would be the top five, in my opinion. <laughs> thanks. Thanks, Joanne. I appreciate yeah. it. Um, and listen, if you're not a mom, <laughs> it's all says, right. Be part of the group. What, what Luanda says... It's not just do, mom stuff. Does young at heart qualify for the kids challenge? <laughs> Adrian's does this mean asking, we're going to have to do a senior section now? I, I think... Well, she's just a, a wonderful person. I love her. Um, I'm gonna, I'm <laughs> you always do, do that when you want to make things. <laughs> I have to see. Adrian's asking me the question. Them. I love them a lot. <laughs> Adrian's anyway. asking the question. What I is love my you, Luanda. What is my go-to song right now? Oh, he posted it yesterday, probably. Yeah, I posted one yesterday from Torrin Wells called Miracle. I posted on my social yesterday. That's a that's a killer song. I would also have to say off this new um, Social Club Misfits just dropped this album, Doom. And this, but then I found this guy uh, through a couple of my friends in Rochester who used to be the drummer for Lecrae, and I think Andy Minio as well. But he dropped an album a couple years ago. His name's Brandon P., uh, but but the A in Brandon is a V, Brandon P. And it's he has a, an album out called Live in L.A. that he did on his birthday. It's a live hip Christian hip-hop album with a live band, and the production is, like, insane. So I've been listening to that uh, quite a bit, as well as I go back to the old-school stuff. For me, I'm, back in the, I'm always in the old-school praise and worship, you know. I'm back to the old-school uh, Bishop G.E. Patterson and... Yeah, uh, that, I always have him on that that uh, that Todd Galberth album. Is that how you say his name? I never know how to say his last name. Todd oh, Galberth for that song. Yeah, I like that song. I don't know how to say it. Let praises rise. That's a, that's a good song too. I've even been going back to the old uh, Carlton Pearson Live at Azusa Volume Two album. That oh. that was my jam growing we up. We listen to it all the time. Yeah, I, I've been. Brooklyn always. <laughs> Can you put on this train? Yeah. <laughs> This train is a clean train. This train. <laughs> AJ said anything Ron can only gets him pumped. <laughs> I oh, grew up- AJ Bible. I grew up on so that. Did I. Okay, fun fact again for Carolyn. <laughs> Every Easter, 
What do I do? I've not heard that, Adrian. I'll check it out. What do I do on Easter? I blast Ron Canoli's song about him getting up out of the grave. Yeah. And now I can't think of the name of it. The, Come the on, one AJ he always Bible. Did, the one he always did for Easter. Yeah. Yeah. But now all of a sudden it slipped my mind. AJ, <laughs> help me out. But literally, to this day, I still blast it while I'm getting dressed for church on Easter morning mm-hmm. because my dad... Like, that was his jam when I was little in the car. That's his go-to. So, I still love it. It's still a good song. Andrew's asking, and this is a great question, by the way. Since I'll be married super soon, my question to you both is, what's the most important piece of advice you would give to someone just entering into marriage or something you both know now and wish you would have known when you were just starting out? That's an excellent, excellent question. Do you want to go first on that one? Yes. Let me read the last part. Something you both know now and wish you would have known when you... Before starting out. Starting out. Mm-hmm. Hmm. The one thing that comes to mind is when you're getting married, don't take everything you think you know and what you've been used to. I mean, obviously take the good and stuff, but and don't try to apply everything Take what she knows and start fresh, start new, start your family, you know, your marriage, your relationship with the two of you and what God has for you planned. Because, you know, when I was, I got married at 23 and you can take things of what, how my dad always did things, how my mom always did things, Mm -hmm. but things are going to work differently with a different personality, a different connection that you guys have. And so I had to realize that I had to back off on certain things where I could have been a nag or started a fight or not been led right properly by the Holy Spirit because I decided to let my flesh rule me and be like, well, this is what I know. This is what my dad's always done. Right. This is how guys should be. Yeah. Guys need to know how to do this. Right, yeah. And and cause unwanted strife between Ted and I rather than just fix it or find another way to get something done yeah. and not have to and realize that not everyone's the same. Like what he's really good at, you know, my dad's not and vice versa. Yeah. So I had to realize that I didn't need to take in what I learned for all those 23 years, mm-hmm. take the take stuff from it, yeah. but learn to be able to change and give in and let my pride down and make sure one thing we always, I will recommend and highly say you should do is if an argument does happen, never let it go on. Yeah. Just bite the bullet. I don't care who says sorry first. Apologize. Ask for forgiveness and never, ever linger it past a night's sleep. Yep. Never bring it into the next day because you let roots grow and they, and what happens with them? They only get tighter and deeper and harder to break loose. Mm-hmm. That's true. So preconceived ideas, she's talking about expectations from others, especially your parents or, you know, if you had a, a broken home type of relationship where you came out of, uh, don't bring outside expectations into your marriage. Start them fresh. And humility, that's really what you're talking about, is humility, being humble. You know, don't be, pride will destroy anything. Not just, you know, you read that scripture in Proverbs, pride goes before destruction. Well, any kind of destruction, it'll destroy marriages. Pride will destroy marriages. And uh, so being humble enough to say you're sorry, and even if you're the first one to say it or whatever, just being humble enough to say, you know what, let's just end it, I'm sorry, I don't want to fight, that kind of a thing. My side of that would be... um, 
I would say the biggest thing for marriage for me is making sure that you prefer the other above yourself. That's to me the biggest thing. You can never, you can never go wrong um, preferring the other person above yourself, making all the choices that benefit them first. Um, that to me is because you read it in the word. The Bible says that in the book of Ephesians, when it's talking about husbands, uh, love your wives. But the first thing it says is wives submit yourselves to your husbands. But, it, but understand that everybody loves to harp on that verse. Wives submit, 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 but notice what they're submitting to. And husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her, right? So what is the wife submitting to? A husband who loves her in such a way that he's giving himself for her. You talk about having a smooth, hitch-free marriage, that if you'll, if you'll as a husband, and I'm speaking to you now specifically, uh, Andrew, is that if you'll, as a husband, if you will always make a choice to love your wife as Christ loved the church, giving yourself for her, making sure that she's first, that you're preferring her. Everything you do is in her best interest. Uh, If you'll live like that, it's not hard to submit to that kind of love. Where there's issues with submission is when the husband is uh, selfish or or prideful or not caring. But when you do what the Bible says, there's, there's no issue submitting to a husband like that and bringing unity into your marriage. So preferring one another above. You can get to the place where you both prefer each other so much that no one can figure out where to go for dinner. <laughs> I don't know. What do you feel like? I don't know. What do you feel like? What do you feel like? I don't know. What it's up to you. You get no. You choose. No. You no. You choose. I saw a meme the other day of a woman on death row because it was trying to make the joke that women can never make a, a decision. They're always saying, "Well, you choose." It was a woman on death row, and they said, "What would you like for your last meal?" And she looked at the guards and she's like, oh, "I don't know. What do you guys feel like?" <laughs> I love it. Hey, um, Andrew, uh, we just put out a marriage series. We did. And I want to give that to you from me as a wedding present. So uh, write a direct message on our ministry Facebook page with your address. And I want to get that to you. It's called Love That Lasts. And it's five CDs. And it talks about all different types of topics yep. in regards to marriage from love and forgiveness to humility to sex i mean all topics so i want to get that to you for you and your wife if you give me your address i'll get it mailed out next week kim gibbs said uh, uh carlton pearson's song i know the angels in heaven done sign my name i know i've been changed that's a jam too i like that one miss kim um yeah i'll do another facebook soon lenan with uh with doing live playing and stuff and singing on the on the Facebook, Danielle's asking a question here. Uh, my my kids sometimes say they're scared of the dark, and she normally goes into a, a lit room, turns on the turn turns the light off, asks them what's different, and talk it out. Uh, more prayer, spiritual authority, or is that just an age thing? Uh, they never talk about being scared of anything else, only the dark. Four and six. What do you think? Well, one thing you know, my kids have said the same thing before, and one thing that I harp into their mind in their spirit is second timothy how god doesn't give us a spirit of fear so i let them see the difference is if god's not giving it to us then where is it coming from i talk to them about that and then also i i talk to them i go just back to simple things in their mind of creation that god created the darkness 
and the light. So he created when it's dark. It's from him. There's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing to be scared about. Mm -hmm. That he's caused, um, he's caused our bodies what to to go to sleep. Like it's a thing that our bodies need to to rest. We go to sleep in the dark. It's dark. It's easy for us to sleep. So I explain it to them on their level that it is a creation from God. There's nothing bad from it there's nothing that they need to be scared of i let them know that you know as they hear we always pray with that angels surround our home at night that you know we've got angels that watch over us and that there's nothing to be scared of so you know you're taking spiritual authority over it by teaching them the word of god but i would just explain it to them in an easy way of how like you said you turn the light on you turn it off there's no difference it helps us to sleep easy you know, God created the darkness. There's nothing wrong inside of the darkness. And, and you know, make it simple-minded for them. What if you just tried to, like, spend a lot of time scaring them in the light so that they actually became afraid of the light and they love the dark? So this is reverse psychology. Of course, um, that would be yours. <laughs> that's a good question. Um, Julie's asking, how does Miracle Word University work? Can you do it through the mail? Um, Julie, right, it's set up. Uh, for the online courses so all the courses are set up at miraclewordu.com and you can watch them on your phone on your tablet on your laptop uh, a desktop if you have it at home and you can pick up where you left off even those things if you download the teachable app it's called teachable which is who we host our school through you can actually download those courses onto the teachable app for offline use if you'd like to do that as well but as of right now, there's not a, a, a like a correspondence style uh, course with Miracle Word U- University. It's all online. And there's places there where you can ask questions and get involved and uh, comment on the videos and we'll answer you back. So it, I want to encourage you to check it out. It's MiracleWordU.com. Uh, AJ said, is that gift from you only or is it from Ted also? You're welcome, Andrew. Uh, Kelly's got a question here. Uh, it's just for me, AJ. Yeah. He has nothing to do with it. Yeah. Uh, Hannah's getting married next September. Oh, Hannah. Congratulations, Hannah. That's awesome. Um, (laughs) Kelly's question is this. It's about Jericho in the Bible. Uh, I was reading the book of Joshua recently. When I got to Joshua 6.20, my spirit jumped. The Holy Spirit revealed to me. It says the wall, singular, of Jericho fell. I was shocked at first. I asked him why just one wall fell. And he said, so the Israelites could come in and destroy the entire city with no one escaping one way in, one way out. He revealed the verse to show there's an intentional God. I've always been taught that the walls of Jericho that fell down, it says in the New Testament too, that the walls, plural, uh, it says in the New Testament too, that the walls, plural, fell down. I have no doubt there's a reason historically why they say different things. Um, uh, I would say this probably too, if you, because I'm, I'm not sure about the construction of the walls of Jericho, Kelly, but I would say, you know, think of it like without corners, you know, you have, if you had a, if you had a square building, you've got corners with four walls, but think of like the great wall of China that just, it curves. It's like one wall. And, and, and I'm wondering if the walls of Jericho, or like you said, the wall fell down. If it was just like a, a circular, almost like a castle would have the outer circular wall. I'm wondering if it was built in such a way that it would be viewed as just a wall versus four walls that were with corners that were, were enclosing the city. I don't have the answer to what type of walls it were. It was, but possibly it was just one of those types of walls that just kind of curved and it was a wall like the Great Wall of China. 
Uh, and then, and then when that that wall fell, the whole thing uh, collapsed. So I'm not sure, but that's a great thought. But yes, we do serve an intentional God and does things. Everything He does is with purpose, design, and structure. We know that's true. Caitlin Lavalle, good to see you. Um, Jamie Hutchings, which I know is Phil. Why are you wearing Carolyn's clothes? What a funny person, <laughs> Phil. I will um, I will send a thousand dollars. To your ministry. Don't. If you if you will shave that tuft of hair off the front of your the, the what used to be a faux hawk that went all the no, way back. You're not. Just the the piece no. that's right here. Carolyn says no. This this tuft no. right here. That's just when you get the haircut and all that's left is this, just with like a a cut. <laughs> Carolyn says I'm not allowed. I was willing to sew, but look at Carolyn's heart. See, David, Michael, David. <laughs> I'm just messing with you. Yeah, that, that kind of is how I'm thinking about it, Kelly. Um, so into good ground. Hey. Oh, oh, she did not go there. Oh, no, she didn't. Oh, no, she didn't. <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right, questions. Who's got them? Pop a question. Come on, you lazy bones. <laughs> Pop a question. Last time, you guys wouldn't stop asking questions. <laughs> Can't believe. Can't now we can't get you to say anything. <laughs> but hey, one of the questions that a lot of people have um, for you, Carolyn, is with the ministry verse and not verses, but as well as ministry, traveling, uh, being a mom, being a teacher. How do you take the time that you do? properly dividing your time between all those and still do them all so well like what what what, what are I you I don't able? like this question people ask it all the time but I don't like it okay because <laughs> I don't I don't know I I don't people think I'm more organized than I am do you think I'm an organized person very organized yes. I don't think I'm organized I think you are amazing I think and organized. I know how I think I'm organized in my own way, meaning like you wouldn't understand it. Like I don't have boxes with labels and Well no, everything. you're not like that kind of a person as I far know, as like but, a super but, but that's how it is for I mean I'm not saying I'm creative, but you know how it is. It's like you know where your stuff is, mm-hmm. but it doesn't look organized at all. No, my stuff none of my stuff looks organized. No. I'm not organized. No, you're not. I'm dis I'm I'm the creative mind that's just I I know where my stuff is, but it's not in a particular place. Like I I have a plan for the day, but it also veers off. So it's kind of like I try to start on what plan I have, what my schedule looks like to do for the day and what I need to fit in. And I kind of go from there, Mm -hmm. but it's never like a set in stone. I've never been that person where if I can't change it, you know, I I can veer off the beaten path Mm -hmm. a little bit. So would you say that like just when you're in a task, you go all out at it? It, rather than trying to multitask, which is really a myth, no one can truly multitask. They've I don't proven know. that. Like you can't, you can't do multiple things at once and do them well. So, like when you're into teaching, you're all in. When you're into parenting, you're all in. As far as doing stuff with the kids, when you're into ministry stuff, you're all in. And it's almost like you have to cut everything else yeah. out to go in all into that. In a way, I mean, I think you can multitask. To an extent, because you know me, I have like a million things going on at once. Right, but when you start to actually do them, you're doing one thing. Like no one can do things well doing six things. No. 
something's gonna something's gonna suffer. Something's They've something's proven multitasking suffer. doesn't work, and that it actually causes work to decline in the quality. But I mean, when you go in, it's like I've one thing I have noticed about you is like you're all you're all in on this. Everything else shut out. Like, don't mess with us. We're doing this. Then, then we're doing this. You know what I mean? It's like, we're doing school. That's all we're doing. We're doing this. We're having fun. We're doing cleanup, whatever. It's always like... Yeah. I go from one task to the next task. And so, I'm all in. And I I mean, you just have to learn to balance it. What works for you? You got to figure out your day. I had... It took me, you know, several months to figure out how to homeschool two kids. And mm-hmm. once I figured it out, you know, you're good to go. Uh, Luenda's asking, when Christians die, do we go to heaven? Had a discussion at work with a co-worker, heard a teaching by a Seventh-day Adventist teaching that nobody goes to heaven or hell when they die. Um, yes. So the answer to that is, Luenda, we do go to heaven when we die as Christians. Um, the Bible says, and Paul taught this, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Now, Paul taught that to the churches. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So the moment your spirit leaves your body, there's not a uh, purgatory. There's not a, a waiting room. There's the, You go straight to be in the presence of the Lord. Now, the difference for uh, sinners is that, yes, they go to hell when they die. However, it's not the final place. As you, as you and I know that there is what the Bible calls a lake of fire, which is what eternity will hold for them. And that after the final battle is done, after the Antichrist is defeated, the false prophet um, and, and Satan himself, the lake of fire will be opened up and they'll be cast into that for eternity. But there is a hell where they will be when they die now, but it's not the lake of fire, the eternal hell. So that's the only difference uh, there according to the scripture. Hannah says, how do you stay encouraged when you aren't getting what you're praying for? You're waiting for your prayers to be answered. Well, not every prayer is answered immediately. Mm-hmm. You have to stay and and stick on to what the promises of God are. Yep. I mean, One, uh, not every prayer is answered right away. Right. One thing I would say, Hannah, is that um, answered prayer is not the only way to receive divine joy and, and encouragement. It is one way. Jesus said, ask that you, and you shall receive that your joy may be full. So answered prayer is one of the ways that Christ gives us or imparts to us supernatural joy, but it's not the only way. So uh, if, I don't know, Hannah, if you have my um, book, Praise, Laugh, Repeat, it's actually on sale right now on the ebook version uh, on Apple Books or Kindle. I think it's five, five bucks, four ninety nine. But in that book, I outline all the different biblical ways that joy comes to us. And so answered prayer is only one of them. But you understand that being in his presence through praise, through his word, different, there's different avenues, soul winning, through giving. There's different ways, according to scripture, that provoke supernatural joy in our lives. So as you're waiting for your prayers to be answered, engage in all those other avenues where joy comes And then you end up staying encouraged as you wait, as my father calls it, a season of faith as you're waiting for your miracle to take place. But you can be encouraged while waiting for a miracle. In fact, one of the ways, according to 1 Corinthians chapter 14, is if you'll pray in the Holy Ghost, pray in the Spirit. Because Paul taught the church that if you pray in the Spirit, a person who does that is uh, encouraging or edifying themselves. So by praying in the Holy Ghost, you can edify and encourage your spirit as you're waiting 
for your prayers to be answered? That's a great question. Yeah, it's, it, it's like seed time and harvest. Yep. He gives uh, seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So every time you're planting a financial seed, there's not like an immediate, sometimes it is, but sometimes there's a waiting period. Absolutely. But he gives bread. So it just goes to show you like he's talking about, you're sustained through the waiting period. Mm-hmm. You're sustained with bread. You won't be without while you're waiting for your harvest. Absolutely true. And you won't be without being encouraged. You'll have joy while you're waiting for your prayer to be answered. No question. So it's the same like that. You'll always be sustained through the waiting process. Mm-hmm. Not every healing comes as a miracle immediately, an instantaneous healing. Mm-hmm. Sometimes there's the working of miracles. Sometimes there's a progression where the... you know, At the most out of your time in the secret place with the Lord? How do you spend the most, how do you get the most out of your devotional time? And I'm guessing she's talking about through reading the word and prayer. I would say for me, one of the things that changed me, Autumn, in prayer is, and in reading the word is that prayer that I used to pray that when, as soon as God told me to, to do that, Autumn, I turned to Ephesians chapter one and three, and I prayed those same prayers that Paul prayed over the church. Let me show you what I mean. In Ephesians chapter one, I believe it's starting with the 16th verse. The Lord spoke to me. He said, start praying those prayers over yourself before you read my word and watch what I'll do for you. So it does start in the 16th verse. Um, You could start in 15, but Paul says, and, and God said, anytime that Paul says you pray and insert your name there, pray me. So for this reason, uh, Paul said, I've, I've heard your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and your love towards the saints. I do not give, cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. And then I start praying it. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto me the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him, having the eyes of my heart enlightened, that I may know what is the hope to which he has called me and what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power towards me who believes according to the working of his great might that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead, seated him in his right hand, in the heavenly places, far above all rule, authority, power, dominion, above every name that is named, not only this age, but that was to come. And has put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church, which is his father, the fullness, and full of all in all. That is the prayer. And then I go over to chapter three, do the same thing. I pray there's what we call the Ephesians prayers. And I say, God, uh, do that for me. Open the eyes of my understanding. Let them be enlightened. And when I did that for the first time, I was getting ready to read. I gave myself an hour uh, uh, for reading the word and studying and prayer. And my goal was John chapter one through John chapter 10. Well, after I prayed that prayer, I started going in John chapter one and I looked down and the hour had passed and I had probably taken nine pages of notes front and back and I hadn't even gotten out of John chapter one. So you saw what that illumination of a spirit of wisdom and revelation came upon me and I saw stuff that I'd never seen and I had revelation that I'd never had before. So it has to do with, you're talking about the secret place of the Lord. Many times people think that the most important thing is to pray to God when really the many times the most important thing, Autumn, is to hear what God's saying to you. We already know everything we know, but we want to have access to his ways and his thoughts because they're higher than our ways. Isaiah 55 verses eight and nine, he said, uh, as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. So I want access to his ways and his thoughts. And a spirit of wisdom and revelation is going to be the, one of the main ways to catch that. 
So as you're reading the Bible, you know what? It's better to read one chapter and get full revelation out of it than to blow through 10 chapters just to get your reading done. I literally was just going to say, don't go by the amount. Mm -hmm. Because I used to feel like I failed at my devotion time because I didn't get everything in that I wanted to read. Mm -hmm. And then I realized, even if you don't even take a chapter, even if there's a powerful verse and you get a revelation of just that verse, just focus on that one verse. Don't feel like, you know, you set this goal. I'm going to read three chapters of this and one, one of this and you don't get to it. Don't feel like it was a fail in your devotion time. Right. Focus on receiving the wisdom and revelation, even if it's one verse or one chapter. Make that a focal point rather than the amount of what you're reading. And I had to learn that. I would say that would be how I was able to get more in my time, in my secret place with the Lord, in my prayer life, and was getting, um, getting rid of the amount and focusing on getting the wisdom and revelation of that one thing. Absolutely true. I agree with that. I t- hopefully that helps you, Autumn. Um, Jeanette says, are you both doing keto? We are both doing keto, yes. <laughs> Kathy says, please explain Jesus being called the son of David. Uh, Jesus being called the son of David was really his uh, calling card as the Messiah. It was the proof that he was coming through the line of David that he would be the Messiah. It was like calling him the Christ, the anointed one. Uh, son of David uh, was his messianic name. So when Bartimaeus cried out, son of David, on the road outside of Jericho, when, when everybody else was saying Jesus of Nazareth, Bartimaeus was actually accessing not his natural identity, but his supernatural identity. Son of David meant you are the anointed one, the Messiah, the Christ. And uh, that, that's what the name means. Arthur, they make fun of me. All my friends who love coffee mock me, but it's Keurig. It's a Keurig coffee. People say, how could you drink it? (laughs) I drink it because it's quick. Uh, Jamie at Phil is asking, Halloween, yeah or nah? Uh, I'm not, you know, we do what our church does on it, um, but I also will buy candy. And if someone knocks on my door, I'm going to smile at a kid and I'm going to give it to him. I'm not going to be a jerk about it. I'm not going to be the, they, they know that the preacher lives on the street and, but then they're, you know, they're not being kind to people. What, what do I care? I can give a compliment to a little kid, pass out candy. My kids get to say hi to them and I be saw. on their merry way. My kids know we don't celebrate it. They know that. We don't, yeah. They don't even pay attention to it. They don't like anything scary. You know, it, I saw they just church of laugh at the, at the door. They were giving away the little communion cups with the bread on top for the kids. Were they? It's a joke. It's like... <laughs> I mean, we just don't care about it. And I've told my kids that and they understand it. And, but I'm not going to be this person that shuts, you know, because the people that aren't saved that do it, you know, you need to be a light to them. You can't be a jerk to teach people. Here's what makes me mad. Here's what really makes me mad. No one's going to learn about it. They're going to be like, seriously, you shut your lights off and you didn't answer the door because of for two hours. Let me tell you what I think is the dumbest thing in the world. I saw somebody post online the other day. Um, I can't, and they always do this every year. They do this. Uh, Former Satanist. Oh, it's the same video. Former Satanist talks about Halloween. I can't believe Christians do that. The moment you put on a costume, you are entering into the demonic world. What, only on that day? 
What about the day after Thanksgiving or uh, Halloween? If I put on a costume that day, am I entering into the demonic world? The devil doesn't own any days. I don't know how nobody gets this. The devil doesn't own any days. You know, I don't care if you're from Spain celebrating Dia de los Muertos. He doesn't own any days. God owns all the days. And I'm a Christian and cannot be cursed. There's no curse that can come upon me. So if I put my Superman costume on, am I entering into the demonic world? Is, is something supernatural going <laughs> to come Do you have upon? a Superman costume? Well, I wasn't going to tell you this, but I just bought one. Um, <laughs> am I entering into the demonic world? People are so dumb. People give the devil so much credit. And it's so stupid. Like, it's so stupid. Like, what are you telling me? You think I'm going to be cursed? Do you honestly think? So what if, let me ask you a question. What if I went around the neighborhood tomorrow and got candy from people? Is that demonic? It's like, it's so stupid. That, that like, one day, that day, the devil has watch power. Out. That one day. Devil's out there getting people. <laughs> it's just so stupid. So I mean, like. Our kids are just taught that the devil has no power and it's just like any other day. Even people that say that churches shouldn't do anything on that day or, or whatever that, because it's, it's like, it's so dumb. The devil doesn't own it. He doesn't Why? own the day. We own it. I, I own every loved day. Our harvest carnivals at church growing up. Pe- people are just like ridiculous. We when had it comes to dress to that. as Bible characters. I the was the moment you put on Judah, an outfit, and I was Esther. Was a- you put that Esther costume on, and you entered into the demonic. <laughs> it's like, give me a break. I no one can curse what God has blessed. Nobody can yeah. curse. Uh, AJ says, "Why do you all choose homeschooling over private Christian school?" Yeah, we like to travel. Yeah, we like to stay together as a family and travel, but I will say that if I didn't travel and after doing homeschooling, I would continue to do it. Mm-hmm. I love it. I think it's great. I I enjoy my kids. I love the opportunity that I get to teach them, and I love that they are in this environment. It's just what I prefer. I mean, obviously, you teach your kids to be a light when they're out in the world and you teach them that and that's what we're taught has nothing to do with keeping them within the four walls of this house but uh the main reason started was so we could travel together as a family but i highly recommend it and would continue to do it if i didn't travel absolutely it is become a love of mine (laughs) andrew says how do i encourage my children to desire bible reading rather than tablets games and phones I don't want them to hate reading their Bible. Okay, wait. How do I desire... Oh, to des- I thought he, they were reading the Bible on the tablets. I was going to say, listen, if they're reading it on the tablets, no, it's no. the same words. <laughs> he means but, over games, right. YouTube, Netflix. Well, what we do, it's a requirement. So if they want the tablet, or they want to play the games, or they want Netflix, we're going to do um, the Bible reading. And we have encouraged it because everybody else we we have said this before on another um broadcast you know everyone else will require you around the house to read books for school to do chores you get paid for doing stuff i am i think you should bless your kids if they are reading the bible you know we do it with i have a requirement it's typed out upstairs for the girls and Monday through Friday, it says that they have, Maddie uh, has a scripture book, you know, journal book, so Ted and I will at times give her different scriptures mm-hmm. to look up on certain topics to write in her book, yep. but her main thing is, 
reading. She's got to read a chapter in her book she has for school just for reading. But her requirement is, and which is the Bible reading challenge that you will be starting November 1st. But that is it. And I pay my kids to read. Nothing's wrong with blessing them and encouraging them. Nothing. Let me, let me, and it's not, it's not a lot because that is so true. And the reason why it's true, people feel like you shouldn't have to bribe your kids to read the Bible. They should just do it. Yeah, but let me tell you something. But they're they're, they're not at that. They're not at that but, yet. Like but remember we are. this. Remember this. God is a rewarder. God doesn't even ask you to do anything without the promise of a reward on the other side. Hebrews eleven six. He's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So when you reward your kids for doing spiritual things, you're teaching them the nature and the heart of God. That if you'll do what God's asking you to do then there's a reward involved in that. I have no problem. I like how Dr. Dr. Gene Lingerfeld told me this one time out of, uh, uh, he's in Arlington, Texas. He said he had a whole, um, he had an entire list of books that he wanted his kids to read. And he told them that if you'll read all these books, <clears throat> there was like a, a reward, financial reward involved with that. There were things he wanted to get into their mind and into their spirit. And if there's a reward attached to it, who cares? My uncle Tiff did the same thing. He told my cousin Jonathan and my cousin Jessica that as soon as they could read, if they would read the Bible through every year until they were old enough to drive, when they were old enough to drive, he would buy them a car. That was their reward for spending six, you know, whatever, let's call it uh, 11 years reading the Bible through every single year. Well, look at them now. Didn't really, didn't hurt them, did it? My cousin Jonathan didn't hurt him. My cousin Jessica, who's pastoring in Montreal with her husband, didn't hurt her. It, it, if, as long as it gets in you and you understand the nature of God, he's a rewarder. He wants, David, just keep this in mind. David wouldn't even kill Goliath without asking the question, what's to be done for the man that kills this giant? He said, I'm not just gonna go out there and kill him. You know, God never told David to kill Goliath. He just decided to because he was offended in his spirit by how Goliath was talking about his God. So he made up his mind. I'm going to kill this guy, but first I'm going to find out what's the reward. And that's why he was a man after God's own heart. God rewards people who diligently seek him. So I would encourage you, Andrew, reward your kids. Come up with a reading plan and we put the other stuff aside until our Bible reading's done. But if you have a plan for them to read, give them what it is. And then at the end, if there's if there's something monetary attached to it, if we're going to Walmart to get you a toy, whatever it might be, we're getting that into this. And also, I think the other thing too, interacting with them, kids want our, our approval and our love and our appreciation. So when we come back, tell them how proud we are that you, you, you read the Bible, you know, you read all those chapters and then you interact with them. What did, tell me about what you read. And, yeah, that's you know, what I do with Maddie a lot. She reads a lot that. on her own, but then I'll stop on random days and be like, what is it you read? What is it you read in Psalms? Or tell me, tell me about what you're reading. Let me hear the the gist. Are you in a story right now of something, mm-hmm. or who are you learning about? Um, so get them to interact with you, and you know, like you said, it's okay because you get it instilled in them. And when it comes a time where you're not paying them anymore, they're going to catch hold of what they have been reading and get that revelation that now that I apply God's word on my own. I get to use my faith and see God bless me. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this was answered by by uh, Sarah, but 
Uh, Lachey is asking, what good, what's a good Christian book or books on pregnancy and delivery? I don't have any None? for pregnancy and delivery. Sarah I've says, a- Supernatural I- Childbirth by Jackie Mize, which I don't know. I've never heard of that book. Have you? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know anything about it. Yeah, I've heard of that one. I, I didn't read any books uh, when I was pregnant <laughs> about pregnancy. So, I, I mean, I'm just that kind of person that is... Unless it's going to be something that's faith-filled. I mean, I had the book that was like, what does your baby look like now on week you know, 19? Oh, it looks yeah. like a coconut. You know, That's kind of what I had. But I didn't read any books, really, because you have to be very, very picky, especially with stuff like that at that time, because a lot of stuff is fear-induced. Mm-hmm. And you feel like, you know, I feel this. Now this must be wrong with my baby or I need to do this. And it's just like, I'd rather just have prayed and believed that my baby was healthy and lay hands on my stomach and mm-hmm. let them hear worship music and, you know, realize that, you know, God made my body to deliver babies and God made my body to do this. So I have the strength to do it. I don't have the fear to do it. Everything's going to turn out all right. And I just, I just said on the word, I didn't, I didn't read any pregnancy books. So I'm sorry. I don't have an answer. <laughs> that. um, That's... Shanda's asking, uh, what's some advice you have on discipline with a two-year-old? She's been super whiny lately and I'm not sure what to do about it. You've always locked them in that cupboard, right? <laughs> the whiny cupboard. <laughs> You're going into the whiny cupboard. You just have to stay on top of it. That's literally the key to getting your child um, into good behavior. You know, you got a couple bad weeks of them throwing temper tantrums. I mean, I have a three-year-old son, and he is as strong as strong can be. And yes, he still will do the stuff that he gets spanked for. He'll still do it. And it's like, have you not learned... But you have to realize that you still have to stay on top of it and build them up at the same time. I'm not trying to break him. Right. I want to discipline him because it's what the Word of God says and it's showing me how my son's going to turn out. But I want to mold that. I want to mold that strength. Right. And I want to have him use it as he gets older to do things for the kingdom, to be strong in what he's going to do, to be bold. So, but but you have to stay on top of it. Let him know. Yeah, Matt's who's uh, boss. <laughs> her husband, I believe that that's that's Shanda uh, Renzi. Her husband has it. With both of you being so busy, how do you manage one on one time with each other? <clears throat> Me and my wife have very different schedules. She works from home, which is a blessing. We have a two year old, so he's up very late, and she's ready for bed at nine p.m. No. I'm up till oh, three three a.m. and no, she's I'm tired. I'm up very late. Yeah, not the yeah. baby. No, no, yeah. He's up very late until about 3 a.m. She goes to bed at 9, and she's tired, but I just want the one-on-one time. So we have had had to deal with that. But it kind of sounds like us in a way, because you are up till 3 3 a.m., but I don't go to bed at 9. No, 9.30. No, I'm kidding. It doesn't. 12 and 1 is probably when I go to bed. But here's the thing, uh, Matt, on that, is that as the husband, um, I would would say you need to take um, probably the, the initiative... And if that means that you got to get up earlier to spend the time with your wife in the morning, you know, do that. Do whatever it takes. You know, God, you need to sit down with your schedules. But here's the most important thing <clears throat> is to realize that that time is not just an optional thing. That time is a must have. You agree with that? 
Yeah. At times a must have. Yeah, you have to do it no matter what. So so say during the week is very busy for you guys. Make the weekend a priority for you. Yes. Since she's home working from home, you have a two-year-old daughter, make the weekends about yourself. If you gotta get a babysitter and go out to you know, on two dates yeah. or go out for lunch together. It's if, worth the investment of a babysitter. The week is um you know, too busy for you guys and you guys' bedtimes are just off, then, you know, make the weekend your priority. But you have to fight for what you want and you have to fight for a good relationship. And, you know, even though we're so busy, one thing I made sure of was when we're on the road, we have a completely different schedule. Everyone's on a different schedule because it's back-to-back meetings, it's late nights at two in the morning, and, you know, everyone's on a different schedule. But when we're home... I have always, from the moment our nine-year-old was born, made it different. It's been, you're not staying up like you do on the road. We are going to have, you know, they do have a later bedtime than most kids. But, um, you know, and this is going to be our time. Absolutely. So if your two-year-old is still up, you know, real late, I would try to adjust their bedtime. Absolutely. And make we it do. So we at- make the girls go to bed. It's like, this is mommy and daddy's time. Yeah, and so if if she's got to go to bed a little bit earlier, so even you get that hour of quiet downtime together, anything you have you have to do to make it work. So if the weeks are busy, make weekends about yourselves and, and make and, sure it's and done. make it about yourself. Yep. Your child is okay. Right. They don't come That's first. That's a mistake people make. They don't. We're not saying <clears throat> you're making it, but it. They do not come first. That two-year-old girl isn't going to remember that, you know, I've got moms that write me that are like, well, we're going on this trip, but then there was another one for, you know, my husband's job at the end of the month, but I feel bad. It, it, it's like, why do you feel bad? You realize your kids aren't going to remember yeah, that but I'll they're leaving. You, I'll tell you what your kids will remember. <laughs> I remember that time when I was two and my mom and dad went on a trip and Even I felt real 10. sad. I'll tell you what they will remember. The fact that mom and dad love each other so much they want to go on dates all the time. Yeah. And then and then they'll see. Maybe they'll, real Iron Man. Uh, and and then they'll see, because I was talking about the Superman costume. Um, but then they'll see, you know what, mom and dad are always kissing on each other, always want to go out on dates. I want that. They'll think then then when they go to find a husband or wife, they're like, that's the kind of relationship I want, like my mom and dad had. That are always loving each other, always want to go out with each other. Yeah. That so they, they will remember that, and that's a good thing. You know, your kids aren't first. There's gonna come a, come a time your kids leave your house and go form their own families, but you'll still have each other and for the rest of life. You don't want to be like roommates looking at each other's like strangers, and you pour We've all your devotion, <laughs> all your time into your children. Yeah, and then they're gone, and now you have a roommate rather than a wife or a husband. Listen. My kids get my time. Believe me. I yeah, can't even get out of the house when I have a babysitter because they give me 21 million kisses and hugs. And yep. I'm just going just to dinner. Just last night we could hardly get out of the I'm house. I'm just going to dinner and you would think I was going to Europe for like two weeks. Yep. So they get plenty of love, but they also know he comes first and I need time with my husband. Um, Andrew, the stuff we're saying right now, of course, she's sending you the album, but... Uh, You'll have a friendship when you you treat it like that. You know, you you put the other first. You compliment. You love. Read the five love languages and discover what your wife. Literally, that's a real thing. You know, figure out what your wife appreciates, how she experiences love receiving, and how she feels like uh, giving love is. You know, that's the thing. You have to discover how she feels loved and how she gives love. 
And that I'm telling you, that makes a massive difference because if my wife didn't care about gifts, but she cared about quality time, I can buy her all the gifts in the world. It's not gonna, she's not going to feel that fulfillment of love as if I sat down and you know played a game or spent time watching a show or just sat and talked. It's you have to discover that you got to you have to engage that because God. By the way, I could get into a whole thing. God, God is that way. God uses all five of those things. They're in the Word. He created us in His image and likeness. So you have to figure it out. Alyssa, this made me laugh earlier. I heard some guy legit say, October 31st is when the veil is the thinnest. Give me a break. Give me a break. It's ridiculous. Stupid. Uh, Yeah, that's good, Brian. I like it. (laughs) Lewanda wants to dress up as Catherine Kuhlman. Do it. Do it, Lewanda. Do it. AJ grew up just like me. My best Harvest Festival outfit was a child was Wichita Slim from Covenant Rider. <laughs> wasn't wasn't Wichita Slim Kenneth Copeland? Um, <laughs> Lachey wants to know which homeschool curriculum you use. Lachey, I use Alpha Omega, and there's two ways you can do it. Um, I can give you more information if you want to write me on it, but you can do their academy, which they are enrolled in accredited school. It offers so many wonderful things, but it's a lot of detail. Um, Or you can just do the straight up like homeschooling where you are in charge of everything, their paperwork, their grades, you deal with the state. So if you want to know more, write me on Facebook or Instagram and I will help you out. So Um, it really is a lot. Bianca's asking, I was wondering, are video games okay or just certain ones are bad and not okay to play for boys or men? Uh, Bianca, that's Take it away, Ted. (laughs) In in our house, Carolyn's the video gamer, but um, no. I I would say that's why video games have ratings now. And there are, just like a movie, a video game has a rating. You know, E for everyone. Then there are some that are M for mature only, mature audiences only. So... You need to, you know, they have all kinds of online reviews now. You know, look it up. You know, there's going to be there's going to be differences between like you know Mario Kart and some you know other game that's filled with like Zombie bloody land. bloody killing and, and and nudity. So you need to look it up. And no, not all video games are bad. It's just a, another form of media like television shows or or, or books or uh, graphic novels or movies. You just have to be uh, careful about what it is that you're uh, that you're allowing kids to do we we found a game that that our kids were playing called roblox on on the ipads but we also found out the game itself may not be bad but the game has an online chat feature where everybody on the server can chat on the sidebar where there's a big chat room well we would we don't want our kids being exposed to every person that's in that server chatting in the chat room so we we disallowed the game for a, a number of, uh, for a while then we found out you could you turn the chat room off. They changed it, I think, they because there a lot of kids were. Yeah, so we, we allow them to only play it if they uh, And they don't. can only talk to who they're playing with. So when they log on, like mm-hmm. Maddie plays her cousins a lot that are in Virginia, so she can communicate with them, but that's it. Kim said, don't spank little Teddy. No. I know, Kim has a heart for little Teddy. For little Teddy, he is sweet. Look, she says, I don't go to bed at nine. It's more like 11 p.m. midnight. <laughs> Husbands are exaggerating on the broadcast. Um, This is a very important question, Jonathan. (laughs) Jonathan. What do I do if I think my wife is a gold digger? Um, I say this, Jonathan. You know, I know there's a a new baby that just came. I say this. Don't pay for a thing until that paternity test comes back. Because these women will come after your money. And so, you know, just 
Guard yourself, John. <laughs> no, Danielle. <laughs> you can do the academy from preschool and on. Because I've been doing the academy since Maddie was in kindergarten. So... Um, Angela says, we don't really trust anyone with our seven-year-old. My husband and I haven't been in a, on a recent date. We have lots of family around planning to move to Florida doors. Um, <laughs> let the kids fend for themselves. But, no, Carolyn, we're, we're very careful with that, you know. Well, no. Who we I, allow to watch our children. When we moved to Florida, see, so when we lived in Virginia, we had family next door. And there, were, and there was one lady from our church that was allowed to watch our kids. So when we moved to Florida, there was nobody. But believe me, a lot of people offered and a lot of people wanted. But the answer was no until I felt a leading of somebody who I would pray to the Lord. Who who do I feel? And I found one particular girl from our... Don't be... I mean, be nitpicky, but you have to... Follow your spirit like the podcast. Yes. I mean, like you're saying that you have lots of family around. Mm -hmm. I mean, out of all the lots of family, is there nobody that can watch your children? You know, so we have to realize... At some point, you got to find somebody because you need that time Well, I mean, it's like, are you not letting them watch them because... They don't speak in tongues. You know what I mean? Like, or are they unsaved and have like alcohol through the house and they're drinking? Well, I get and, that, know? but I'm saying like, but it, I'm, what I'm saying is, if they're Christians, you know, yeah, be don't be like if they don't aren't the exact same cut and mold that my husband are. They're right. not allowed to watch my kids. Right. Ask the Lord who to show you. Right. I mean, there. He just said you have lots of family. Rudy says I'm going to dress up as a charismatic pastor with skinny ripped jeans and go to a do shots at a bar with a celebrity Christian. Is that a good idea? <laughs> yes, Bianca. Exactly. You can look at games like GTA, Spider Man, whatever, and look at the ratings and also read the reviews. They even have parents' guides now on online, where you can read parents' guides on movies, shows, video games, and see what's actually involved in the game or the movie or the show. Uh, to see what your child, or if you're protecting your husband, Bill, you know, whatever it is, going to be exposed to in the game. <laughs> Bill, you can't play that. Uh, Brian said, you think I should accidentally <laughs> yes, leave amen. my wife's phone on Nonstop Mom Podcast to help straighten her out? <laughs> you get that, Nicole. Don't be helicopter mom. Angela, I'll see you at Ministers and Leaders if you said that's where you're going. Mm-hmm. We're going for a couple nights next week. Yeah, we're going to be up there. Save, but still a work in progress on the family members. Yeah, and I understand that. You know, people. It, there's nothing wrong with being protective over your children. You should be that way. You should want to make sure you're leaving them with uh, someone that's going to be obviously safe, but then also somebody that's that's going to be you know peaceful, sweet, kind, um, and and all that. But. You want to make sure you do find somebody because that time is vitally important. What about somebody in your church? Yeah. I mean, I don't have family that watches right. my kids And right we now. love the the girl that watches um, oh, Maddie yeah. Brooklyn Teddy. She's phenomenal. She was with us again last night. And uh, let me just say, bless them. Bless those um, babysitters because, you know, they'll want to come back and help you again. You know, don't become the person that's like, well, nobody wants to come back again because, you know... They watch your kids for four hours and you gave them $10, you know, bless them. And they'll want to come back over and over and over to help you and, and, uh, and be a part of what you're doing with your, with your family and allow you to have that time, um, together, which is so, so important. So important. Daniel's asking, should I continue to pray for my mother who passed away this last Sunday, 
even though I know she's in heaven. No, actually, Daniel, you, you don't have to uh, pray for your mother. And I'm sorry to hear about that. Um, we're, we're believing God for your peace. But <clears throat> now that she's with the Lord, no, you don't have to pray for her anymore. Um, she's actually in glory with God and, uh, and in heaven where there's no, there's no tears, there's no sadness, there's no sickness, there's no depression, there's no danger. So she's in the very, very best place that anyone could be. So you don't have to pray for her, for her anymore. Uh, Sarah said, how do you deal with unsaved family watching your kids? My mother-in-law used to be saved, but she fell away and now is the most negative person I know, but she still wants to watch our kids. As an example, she'll say things to my two-year-old like, careful, you don't want to trip and break your head open. <laughs> um, <laughs> The two-year-old is like, what? I don't even know what you're saying. Sarah, that's a good question. Take it away, Carolyn. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, you have the authority over your children. So you aren't, they're not going to fall. They're not going to break their head open. They're not She's talking about like negative confessions. I know, but I mean... I don't know. That's a hard one because you don't want, it's your family. So you still have to be a light and you still have to be kind and you want to show them the love of Jesus. And you can't like keep your kids, you know, they got to love on, I don't know how to, I don't know how to answer this one because. You obviously love your family. I mean, you, you have to. Honestly, there's different situations. So if if it's if she's not drinking and she's not, you know, engaging in sin, engaging around, your in kids. sin around your kids and she's coming over to watch your kids for dinner and it's the grandmother and she's playing with her and loving on her and feeding her right. and showing her love, I really don't see a problem with it. I really don't see. No. I mean, she's yeah. not spending a week with her. She's not getting imparted to with a teaching from your you mother-in-law. Know, it's, it's, it's her grandmother. You know, and her grandmother loves her. And her grandmother's That's what I'm not going to. Like if, if it's a boy, gonna, I don't know if it's a girl or a boy, but yeah. the grandmother loves them. They're not going to put them in danger. They're not going to destroy. You know, not working to destroy them. You know, you know what I mean. So you have to give some grace. It's your family. If it comes down to you just having a conversation, like say they are a drinker and they're they're often drinking often, you know. Have a conversation with them. Just be open and have communication. I don't. I really don't want you to be drinking when you're watching my kids. I really don't want this to be going on. I would really appreciate it. We want them, but don't cut them off. I mean, that's I, what I a just, horrible. Just, that's why I'm trying to figure out how to say it because I wouldn't cut them off. I would. I would make sure. You know, if you got to go on a date night with your husband to dinner, I, I don't see the problem. I like. I don't know her very well, but from what you just wrote, I don't see a problem with no it's it's family you know what I'm saying it's family and uh, you want to you want to keep that relationship with your family especially when they 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 love you they want to be around Um, who who asked a moment ago I saw a question um, that there was Lachey said how often do you think you should have a date night I say every night as much as you can I mean as much as much as you can I know it can be pricey, but you don't have to go out and go to no. a, a lavish dinner. No. You can go sit at Starbucks and just have a 
stare in each other's eye eyes. Eye contact communication without hey. the word hey. mom. Without the word mom every five seconds or being tugged on or touched or... You saw as what soon I had to as do you with sit guys? down, I have to go to the bathroom. It's like, um, my favorite is at a restaurant when <laughs> we were there for 25 minutes waiting for the food and somehow, magically, when the food gets laid in front of me, everyone has to go to the bathroom and wait. The best is at different times. Mm-hmm. So... Anyone else need to go to the bathroom? No. And I come back 10 minutes later. Mom, can you take me to the bathroom? I just asked you what five happened? minutes ago. And they always ago. say, well, I didn't have to go when you then, asked me. Five minutes, my bladder but that filled. water hit your bladder in the last 10 minutes. Kaylee's asking, do y'all have a favorite translation of the Bible for daily reading and study? And is there any translation to avoid in your opinion? That's a great one. No one's asked that before. Um, I would NLT say NLT for me, and yeah. I let the let the kids read NLT because it's easy. We like the NLT. Yeah, New I mean, Living I'll go back. I like to go back when I see something to see what King James says or the Amplified. I really like the Amplified because it does like the the extra words in there to kind of describe a meaning of something. Mm-hmm. But just for like smooth everyday reading and for uh, for our children, we do the NLT. The New Living Translation was actually written. Or translated in such a way, it's meant to be read aloud. Uh, and so it's actually meant to be easily, smoothly read. Um, it's it's a good translation of the Bible. It's done by over 90 scholars. We're, we're working on this for a number of years. And um, it is a thought-for-thought translation, so it's not going to be like a word-for-word. This Bible I'm holding right here that I use to preach and that I use to study is an English Standard Version, an ESV which I feel like is a phenomenal translation of the Bible. It's not going to be, and it's word for word, but it's not going to be as easy to read as a New Living Translation is. So I love, in fact, in Miracle Word University, we exclusively use the ESV and the NASB, which is the New American Standard Bible, to consider to be the NASB is the most literal English version of the Bible that there is right now, I believe. And this one is, is close to it. And they're both word-for-word word translations for study. If you're doing serious study of Scripture, you're going to want something like a, 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 an ESV or an NASB. If you're reading for devotional time or whatever, we highly recommend the NLT, and we give it to all new believers. Uh, recommend it for children. I, we recommend it for anybody. It's I still use it in my daily devotional reading. It's easy to just comprehend. And if I want to go deeper on studying something, um, a passage or you know hermeneutical study, I'll go to the ESV or the NASB to go into a word study or see something more clearly. But day to day, I love it. And, and the NLT, I would say, one of the things that I, I believe is a great thing about the NLT is that it actually, it, it promotes daily reading because it's such a, a fun and easy read. It's not, by the way, it's not a paraphrase. It's not a paraphrase like the Living Bible. It's a true translation of scripture. And so, you know, I, I tell people all the time, reading through the Old Testament, it's like reading a novel, like the way it's worded. It can be. It gets, it gets, it's it awesome. So I, I love in death, it. If you read it like King James, you're like, what? Yeah, I love the NLT, uh, the way that it reads. And, and yes, I know the criticism of that uh, translation is that it's a thought for thought, what's, what's known as, uh, uh, I, I believe, dynamic equivalence. But don't let that stop you. I mean, it is a translation of the Bible. To give you an example of what that means is that a thought for thought versus a word for word, a word for word translation takes every Greek word or Hebrew word and translates it to the best of their ability into the English language. 
Whereas a thought for thought takes the entire phrase the author wrote in the Bible and translates that phrase into the most readily understandable phrase in the English language. So a perfect example would be when the Pharisees heard of Jesus teaching, the original says, and they returned home beating their breasts. So that would be the word for word from the Greek language. And they returned home beating their breasts. Well, that's what the word for word translation says. We would, we would have no idea what that means in our culture today. So the translators bring it the whole thought. They return home beating their breasts into modern day language. And we understand what that meant, which would, been, would have been readily understandable to the people of that day reading. And they returned home in deep sorrow. So in that culture, when somebody was sorrowful or grieving, they would beat their breasts as a sign that they were openly sorrowful or grieved by what was happening. Well, we wouldn't know that. So the translators put the thought into a modern day thought and the Pharisees returned home in deep sorrow. So that's a perfect understanding of how that works. Uh, Thought for thought translations and word for word translations. Obviously, when you're doing Bible study, you want a word-for-word translation. But for devotional time, reading of the word, use that NLT, man. It's great. It's a really, really great uh, translation of the Bible. I love it. Um, Maureen says, Carolyn, now we know how to pray for you. (laughs) That's right. I took my wife on our first date, had a nice dinner plan. She asked if we could go to Waffle House. It was that point I knew I could marry her. (laughs) I love it, AJ. That's so awesome. So the other one, Allison uh, is mentioning, I don't like the message translation. So the message is not a translation, actually. And that's, I forgot to answer the other half of the question. What ones do you say to avoid? Um, If you're doing Bible study, I mean, there's nothing wrong if you read a paraphrase uh, of the Bible, uh, if you're not looking at it as though it's God-inspired. You understand what I mean? Like you can read the message translations, uh, message translation, which is not, it's, it's the message paraphrase of the Bible. So, um, who, who was it? Eugene Peterson who passed away oversaw the message paraphrase of the Bible. Um, it, it is their words paraphrasing what the Bible says. So it's not God. It is not inspired by the Holy Spirit. It's not the Word of God. It's it's more like a commentary more than anything. So I don't take the message or um, you know I'm not even sure. I haven't done full study on like the Passion translation. Some of these other ones, the Living Bible. Um, they're not. It's not the Word of God. You know, as, as it were. This is the Word of God. You know, translated from the copies of Hebrew and Greek and Aramaic scrolls and parchments and fragments that we have from history from from antiquity translated into our modern day language it is the inspired word of god when people take this and then paraphrase it into something else it's not the word of god it's their interpretation of what the word of god is so i would say if you're trying to get into serious bible study and and learn the word of god stay away from um i would say stay away from paraphrases that are they're men's word it's not god's word and so, you know, it might help you to understand something better, but the Holy Spirit didn't say it. So I have a friend that reads the King James Version and sometimes have a hard time understanding, but it says nothing else is accurate. Um, you know, Britt, we were talking to Carissa about this yesterday. It's the friend. Yeah, it's the, friend. it's the same friend. And the issue becomes this. There are people like the IFB, Independent Fundamentalist Baptists, who believe that the King James Version is the only inspired word of God. 
And they believe it to such a degree that even the Hebrew and Greek uh, manuscripts that were found uh, through archaeology antiquity are not inspired by the Holy Spirit. Only the 1611 King James is inspired by God, which is easily stupid. <laughs> it's like one of the dumbest things ever. And even the people that argue that, it's just an extremely narrow-minded, foolish way of thinking, but you can't convince them otherwise that they believe it, 1611, which there's a problem because then which one are you going to go back to? Is it the Oxford uh, 1611? You know, there's there's multiple 1611s that were printed. So which one is the inspired word of God? Dr. James White wrote a great uh, book regarding that called New Age, in response to what uh, some were calling New Age Bible translations. So if you look up Dr. James White, and although he is a, a Reformed uh, Baptist, phenomenal scholar and writer and he has a book on that but i don't know i don't even mess with those people i just say look if that's what you like go at it they're already christians let them do their thing i'm not i don't have time to argue with people over that kind of stuff um what's the best way to study the bible that's a great question too what is the best way to study the bible study and reading are different and i agree with that lajoy uh i feel like i got the reading part down but i struggle in knowing where to start and going deeper into studying so there's a few ways <clears throat> that you can um, study the Bible. You could study it topically. Hmm. You know, that's a good way. So let's say, for example, you wanted to take an entire year and study the Bible topically. And what I mean by that is take a topic like, that's for example, like love. Let's say you were going to do a study on love. Well, the first way that I would get started on that, LaJoy, is that I would go on to a website like BibleGateway.com or any, any, of those Bible, any of those Bible websites, and I would just type the word love into the search bar. It's going to pull up for you every verse of scripture in the Bible that has the word love in it. Then, if you'd like to, you could print all of those out or just copy them down. Um, every scripture in the Bible that says the word love, well... All of the words for love in the original language of Hebrew, Aramaic, or Greek are not going to be the same. In fact, we know that there's agape love. We know that there's phileo love. There's eros love. There's all different types in the Bible. So you then study through something like a word dictionary or the Strong's Concordance, or you can go deeper into vines. You could, there's all different types of, of, of resources to study. And you say, okay, the word agape, which we know is the God kind of love. Or phileo, which is like the brotherly love. Eros, which is like romantic, erotic love. You go and you start, okay, what does each one of these original words in the Hebrew, Aramaic, or Greek mean when they say love? Because in this passage, for God so loved the world, it's probably agape. God so agape the world. So we know what that means. But what about when you find uh, another passage, which is talking about phileo, brotherly love, where we get like Philadelphia, uh, that's the city of brotherly love because phileo is the root, root there. So what do they mean in those contexts? So as you're studying topically, it's going to break out those different verses of the Bible. Well, this one doesn't say agape. It says eros. This one says phileo. And so you're spending your time looking word for word at a topic. You could study by book. You could say, okay, I want to do a study on the book of Matthew. Then you go into the history of Matthew. When was it written? Who was it written to? Who was it written by? What was going on in the time that it was written? 
Um, you know, what are the historical uh, things I need to know about Matthew as I'm reading it? What are some of the things that are happening at the same time Matthew's being written? And then studying Matthew word for word and, and maybe get a good commentary or three on the book of Matthew. So there's a, there's a bunch of ways you could study the Bible. Topically is probably the easiest. You could go book by book. Um, you could go and study the life of a person. You could say, David, I want to study the life of David in the Bible. You go through every book where David is spoken of, mentioned, or narrated. And, and you go and, and mark all those things down and study his life. Maybe find somebody that's written a book on the life of David. You see what I mean? So there's multiple ways uh, that you could do it. But I encourage you to just begin to do it. That's the most important thing. I like topically. I Topic, say topically that, is I a good way. I say that's what I probably tend to more. That's a good way to study the Bible. You can, you can definitely do that. Um, <laughs> Geneva translation. Yeah, exactly. Um, is there angelic tongues? The Bible says there is tongues of angels. Yeah, you can do that. Todd, she said Todd White stayed in Ephesians for an entire year. You can do that without question. Absolutely. Listen, I want to say thank you for hanging with us today, guys, and spending time. I didn't realize it's almost been an hour and a half, but thank you. Uh, we enjoy hanging out with you guys. We want to do more of these with you. What's that on your phone, Sister Carolyn? I wish you could show the camera what it is on the back of your phone. Um, there's secrets coming. Um, but we love you guys and we appreciate you. A lot of stuff going on. Nonstop Mom podcast coming out today. And uh, you guys are not going to want to miss that. We want to encourage you to take a minute, if you would, sow a seed by faith into this ministry. We are doing more than we've ever done and it's exciting. Carolyn, uh, she won't say a lot about herself because she's humble. She's very humble. Look at her face. But I will. I've I don't been, ever know what you're going to say. I just no, sit I've been, here and I've I'm, just been encouraged. I enjoy the ride. I've I'm like encouraged. the passenger here you in are. this car. You are. I, I, you're just I've been encouraged just dragging watching me God. around. I'm just kidding. God's been using you. And it, it, I, I love that to see. Like, people don't even know. If they knew, they'd probably laugh. <laughs> that when you were even getting ready to start Nonstop Mom or the podcast, you were, we talked about it, You were like, I don't even know if I want to do it. And who's going to listen to this? But now it's encouraging to see so many people writing back and saying, like, this changed my life. I wept through this whole... We get a lot of those. I cried through this entire episode of the podcast and stuff like that. And then, you know, God's been opening doors and you've been preaching and things have been happening. It's amazing. You know, It's been really good. This year has been probably the most impact... Not probably has been the, been the most impactful year we've ever seen. Yeah. Would you say? Yeah. Like without question. Yep. More. And, I, and I'm loving. I'm loving the women that I get to speak to, that I get to hear from. It's it's calling people out of the woodwork, that's for sure. Yeah. I was doing my workout this morning and I got, I don't even know how she had my number, but I got a text from a pastor's daughter mm -hmm. that just said, you know, this last podcast on um, no more dry seasons, like, was a big eye-opener absolutely for her absolutely so. yeah it's just amazing people are hungry for the things of god we're living um right now and i believe the greatest time to be alive that ever existed jesus is getting ready to come back and there's a lot of work to be done jesus said in john chapter 9 verse 4 uh, we've got to work the works of him who sent me while it's still day for the night is coming where no man can work so we want to encourage you to be a part of this i said it yesterday Carol and I have been praying for a thousand people that would stand with this ministry in partnership at a minimum of $85 a month. That's a thousand dollars a year. And we're going to pray in just a moment, ask the Lord, would you be one of those people that God's speaking to, to stand with us in partnership 
and to believe God to reap this end time harvest of souls before it's too late. And uh, that's why we're going to pray because the Holy Spirit will speak to you. And if he speaks to you, we want to say thank you for joining with us. We appreciate it. We're praying for you and your family, believing for increase for your house as well. So let's pray together. Father, in Jesus name, would you speak to every man and every woman that you have designed to be connected to this ministry? Give them an instruction today to step out by faith and connect with this ministry financially and through prayer and supporting us as we're doing what you've called us to do. We thank you for them, Lord. We ask you, Lord, as they do that and partner with us, that increase would quickly hit their home as it's done for so many others. All of the testimonies we have coming back. We thank you for that, Lord, and we give you praise and glory in Jesus' name for every family that's connected with us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you'd like to partner with us, it's very easy. You can go to the website on the screen, miracleword.com, and click on the partner link. You can fill out the form there, and monthly, it will auto-sow that seed for you every single month. And we say thank you. For those of you that like to use an app to do your sowing, you can use PayPal, or you can use the Cash app. On PayPal, the email address, as you see, is info at miracleword.com. For Cash App, it's dollar sign Miracle Word. Or if you're on Periscope or Facebook, you can simply put hashtag donate as Kaylee has done. And we want to say thank you for sowing a seed. We love you guys very, very much and appreciate all the time that you spend with us and receiving from us uh, as we're doing all these broadcasts and podcasts. And uh, we want to hear from you too. What would you like to hear podcasts on coming up? Are there any topics that you'd like to hear more about? And uh, and we'd be happy to, to do that with you. I love you. Yeah, send a message. If you're happy to have Carolyn back on the broadcast, throw some emoji hands in the comments. I love I being on the broadcast. You're busy. It's just in the mornings, I try to get the kids started with school because if not, it goes leads right into it's dinner time. It's no, bad. it just no, leads into later in the day. So <laughs> I'm around. I know. We miss you. We always miss you on the broadcast. Oh, I love I love being on it. I love Thanks you. for inviting me, Brother Ted. It's such an honor. Come on. I love you. We love you guys. Have a powerful Friday and a wonderful weekend. We love you guys so much. Make sure to check out the new Nonstop Mom podcast that's coming out later this afternoon. I'm also getting ready to post another declaration. I feel strong to start posting those. I want you to share them. I want you to speak them over your own life, speak them over your marriages, and speak them over your children. Absolutely. Yep. We love you guys. Have a great weekend, and we'll see you again on Monday. Later. Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of.